0: People always say, oh, you know, we're so sorry. There's stairs. It's not very accessible. But, you know, we're kind of make it happen, people. And, you know, if we need to get up some stairs, we'll we'll find a way to get up some stairs. But um I I'm when I do look for Airbnbs, the that's the first thing that I look for. How, how can I get into the house? Is it easy to get in or is it not easy to get in? So if somebody's If somebody's thinking about what they wanna put on their Airbnb, you know, the picture roll that you have, having an image of what it looks like to get into the house is really important.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Zach here. Okay, a quick announcement and a quick request before we dive into this show. First and foremost, the announcement. We have joined the hospitality.fm podcast network. This is the largest collection of short-term rental guest experience and hospitality podcasts. And we're thrilled that we were invited to join just such an incredible cohort of leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs in the hospitality space. Thanks to Will Slickers, the founder of Hospitality FM, for the invitation to join their network. All right, and now the request. We wanna know how to make the show better. So in the show notes below, there's a link. It's a link to a type form. And if you could be so kind as to go into the show notes uh, and complete the survey, it'll help us continue to make the show even better. Customizing topics and, and whatnot around the things that you really want to hear about, right? We want to make the show as exciting, as dynamic, as interesting, and ultimately as, as educational as possible. And we can only do that if we know what you think about it. So if you scroll into the show notes below, for the whole month of January and February here, we're running this survey. If you could be so kind as to take just a few minutes to give me your feedback, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. Again, you can find the link to the survey in the show notes below. Or if you're having trouble accessing it for whatever reason, send me an email email, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and I will get you a link. Thank you all so much for being here, and really excited to continue to double down on the show and and make it even greater. All right, folks, enjoy today's episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Tiffany Lund, the creator of the Havarti House, an accessible Scandinavian-style retreat in the White Mountains of New Hampshire that's opening in late 2023. Tiffany and her family love to go on adventures the outdoors has always been a place of restoration and reinvigoration for them. Tiffany and her husband Jim have an incredible son named Morty. Morty, like his parents, loves the outdoors. He also loves the Boston Celtics and the Red Sox. Unlike his parents, however, Morty has cerebral palsy. If you've ever traveled with a wheelchair, you may know how difficult it can be to find a place to stay. Somewhere you can get through the door without having to traverse up steps, or somewhere you can actually take a shower without jerry-rigging something or settling for a sponge bath. Tiffany and Jim believe a place can be accessible and universally appealing to everyone. That is their dream. And they are watching it come to life with the building of Havarti House. Tune in to the inspiring story of how Tiffany is using universal design concepts to drive the design decisions to simplify the travel experience for the mobility impaired. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Tiffany. All right, Tiffany, we're live. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing, I'm doing, I'm actually doing excellent. I, my son, I, we were talking about this just before we went, um, went live here. I got a newborn and my son slept for four hours and 45 minutes last night, was like his longest stretch, which was That's absolutely great. amazing. Like I woke up almost like in a panic, you know, checked his breathing, making sure he was like alive. But, uh, yeah, yeah. it's amazing four what a good stretch will do. Four
0: Four hours is a milestone, right?
1: I guess so. I'm learning. I'm learning all these things, Tiffany but uh but it's fun anyways, I'm great um, and glad you are doing well too. Tiffany, one of my uh, favorite questions to ask folks that come on the show is if it's 5 p.m., imagine it's 5 p.m. on a Friday. I know it's a Tuesday at one thirty right now, but imagine we're at 5 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, what is it that Tiffany is is most likely doing? Are you relaxing, Are you pouring yourself a glass of wine? Are you partying it out in the city? Are you burning the midnight oil? Like, Where would we likely find Tiffany on a Friday night?
0: So I'm definitely not out partying. Our our house is not a party house. Um, (laughs) But um, it it depends on the time of the year. Because it's winter right now, we are usually scrambling to get everything packed and get out the door to go up to New Hampshire to go skiing. So winter is ski crazy and um other times of the year it's very chill you know maybe we have pizza pizza night you know maybe we don't my son gets really tired about 7 p.m so all that wind down time everybody winds down gets ready for bed then there's some tv watching and we're all we're all out
1: ah i love it i love it that sounds like very very relaxing and and somewhat similar to how my friday nights have been uh as of late right that's right and so tiffany you said if it's winter you you all are packing up the car and and heading to new hampshire where where is home
0: so we live in the boston area okay okay in the boston metro suburbs of boston
1: wonderful what what town if you don't mind me asking my sister-in-law actually lives in hopkinton so i am somewhat familiar with the area
0: yeah, we live in Natick. So just a just a couple of towns a couple towns in from Hopkinton. Okay. If awesome. you if you know the marathon that starts yes. at Hopkinton, goes through Natick and then into Boston. Yeah. That's what
1: everyone says. It's like the the thing the city that little town is, I guess, like known for is is the start right. of the Boston Marathon. Um That's right. Well, that's great. Um, so I am thrilled to to be chatting with you, Tiffany. We connected on on Instagram actually, and mm-hmm. I um, I think I put up a post and said, "Hey, who should I have on the show?" And several folks uh, recommended you, and so I um, you know of course checked out your Instagram and got to read a little bit of your story. Um, but I um, am thrilled to be chatting with you, and and I want to give you like a really open ended question here, which is where where, in your mind does the the story for Havarti House begin?
0: Yeah. so i I think it's it was kind of a convergence of a bunch of different things that were happening in um in our life at the time. So I had started a new job, and it was a pretty, it's a pretty demanding job. Um, and my boss was, was saying, you know, long weekends are not enough. You need to really get out and disengage from work because it's stressful and you need to come back refreshed. So that sort of drove me to having, you know, longer vacations and trying to make those outdoors because that's what would refresh me. Mm. So that was happening. We also were looking at how we might diversify some of our investments and our retirement funds and what that might look like. Um, and COVID was happening at the same time. So we were traveling a few more places than we used to. And it just seemed like, you know, we were spending so much money staying at other places. Maybe it would make sense to reverse it and, um, and, and buy our own place and stay there when we could. And then also have other people, you know, sort of supplement that, that, uh, cost of the house. So all those things were happening. And then we had friends from my son's school who were like, Hey, come up skiing. It's a great, you know, COVID activity, come and do it. And we had done it a few times in the past, but did it several times that year and just had a really great time. And, you know, for my son, there was the friends, his social friends, he met new people. It was an adventure going down the mountain um, and, uh, he also got French fries for lunch and pizza <laughs> afterwards. So, so there's this whole thing and it just clicked with him and we could tell that he really loved it. And so it just seemed like with that thought of, you know, getting someplace of our own and where would that be? It just seemed to point right to right to New Hampshire. Yeah. And so I kind of looked at, you know, would that be a good place to do that? And um, it, it became obvious that it would too, right? Because, you have ski resorts in the winter. It's right next to, you know, national forests. So you have hikers in the in the summer and you have the foliage in the fall, sort yeah. of a, a very typical New England kind of reasons. But um, it, it seemed really great. And I looked at some of the analytics too, and it made sense from that standpoint as well. So that's kind of all of the things that... Yeah. Um, that that made us decide to start the havarti house so
1: yeah, yeah. well th- i mean it sounds yeah it sounds like the, like a, it was a, a you know a cacophony of, of things kind of happening mm-hmm. all, at, all at once and yeah. like what a cool what a cool uh opportunity to to kind of go in on on this project as as a family right and and yeah. meet a need of your alls which was to to get outside to to do things together yeah. but also you know meet uh, uh, an investment and potential investment need and also sort of give you all the the space to to kind of act and and think creatively i think one of the one of the fun things that i get to hear and you know when i bring people on the show is just how you know people have really demanding jobs most people feel like they have demanding jobs right um few, i think few people feel like they don't work very hard um and and and, and so it's, it's so cool to hear how building and designing and hosting, uh, Airbnbs can be this sort of like a creative outlet for so many people and this, this, yeah. this relief, quite frankly. Um, so yeah. it sounds like, sounds like that was, uh, true for you all as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we had um, a few years ago, so actually in like 20, 2014, 2015, had done a huge renovation on our house and just, you know, my husband and I fed on it, right? It was this, like you're saying, this big outlet for us. And he loved the mechanical side of it. And I loved the design side of it. And I think, you know, working together, we we made something really great for yeah. all aspects. So. So yeah I think we kind of missed that or have missed it and um this is this has been an opportunity to dig back into those those things that we did in the past so
1: Hey guys, Zach here. So over the last year, I've interviewed over 50 short-term rental investors that are building portfolios of all shapes and sizes on this podcast. I've spoken with hosts that have 70,000 followers on Instagram, which is one vacation rental, SDR investors that are building niche hospitality brands with a target of 10 to 20 units, and also with property managers that oversee hundreds of units. As such, I receive questions all the time from listeners who want to get started in STR investing and or who want to scale their portfolio on what resources I recommend that they tap into. And here are three reasons I always recommend they check out an AirDNA subscription. First off, AirDNA offers the most accurate data platform in the industry and is trusted by small and large scale investors across the globe. Second, their easy to use tools unlock access to millions of data points on any property anywhere. And third, you can enter any address in the world to find out how much you'd earn as a vacation rental. Pretty cool, huh? So if you're interested in getting into the STR game, or if you're interested in taking your game a bit more seriously, I've got some exciting news for you. AirDNA is giving behind the stays listeners 20% off their first three months of any marketminder subscription, or an additional 20% off any annual marketminder subscription. You can use the discount code BTS20, BTS isn't behind the stays, 20 at checkout. Oh, and if you don't listen to it already, I highly recommend that you tune into the STR Data Lab, which is a podcast hosted by Jamie and Mariah, the VPs of research and marketing at AirDNA. It's a super badass show and it's one of my favorites in the industry. All right, as soon as this episode is over, be sure to check out AirDNA's MarketMinder subscription and use the discount code BTS20 when you're ready to dive in. I was thinking about this and talking to my wife about this the other day. So we have this uh, this business that we, that we that we co-own, and you know, my wife. I'm leaving my day job to kind of do this stuff full time, but my wife very much <laughs> still has her day job and is able to, uh, you know, keep the lights on for us. Uh, thank God. Mm-hmm. But you know, we were thinking about how so often when you you, know, you get married, you 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 start having kids. If you if you do have kids, you know, your your family becomes like the project, the thing that you're doing together, like yeah. as partners, like you know, it's important to keep up your own relationship for sure, but you're, you're really sort of like focused now on on your family, right? And so it's been really fun for us to be like, oh my gosh, here's a different project like that we can work on together that isn't like just about, you know, our marriage or just about like, you know, Mm -hmm. our now, our now son, it's a way to work together and to collaborate together, but in a totally different sort of space than just project managing, like, you know, the house, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll, it'll change as it goes along, right. As I'm sure. Toddlerhood and <laughs> you know, young adult and so forth. So yeah, and all things will be different.
1: So yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say, Tiffany. Um, well, I'd love to hear a little bit about your son. Um, what like what is what is uh, first of all what's his name, and then what is uh, what what are like some of his interests right now.
0: Sure. So his name is Morty. That's his nickname. His full name is Morton. Um, But I think old Jewish men, uh, he and old Jewish men are the only ones that go by Morty. So (laughs) it's it's a fun, it's a catchy name. And I think he, he, everyone knows Morty around town.
1: That's an awesome name. I um, love it.
0: Yeah. And uh, so we, he has cerebral palsy and, and what that is, is a neuromuscular disorder. And so to kind of put it really simply, his mind knows what he wants his body to do, but you know that message from his mind to his body kind of doesn't work as well as it does for other people. Um, so he might think, hey, I wanna grab that thing on the table. And instead of just being able to grab it, all his muscles engage, and because all of them engage, it then becomes nearly impossible to just grab it on his own. Huh so so it's uh so that's kind of high level what cerebral palsy is and it can run the gamut from you know someone who you might even not notice has cerebral palsy they might have just a little something different about the way they walk but you probably don't even think about it to someone who is completely uh dependent on other people and for my son he's impacted Um, So it's called spastic quadriplegia. So he's impacted with all four limbs um, and is not independently mobile, but um, so he he is in a wheelchair, but he's fully engaged in his surroundings and um, and and in his in in all the things going on. Um, So it's kind of it's it's a kind of a funny thing, right? Because I think a lot of people assume that just because you have issues with um, mobility and, and controlling your body, and maybe your speech is slow or hard to understand. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't know everything that's going on around yeah. them. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, I think it's a tough disability because of that. But, um, but yeah, that, so that's what he he has. He has cerebral palsy. He, um, because we live in the Boston area, we're very lucky to have a school fairly close to us that is fantastic. Um, shout out to Cotting School, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it um, it really pushes his him academically. Um, it I we feel like it um, will get him to the highest potential he has, and also at the same time we had. We had debated, and I think a lot of people with special needs children debate whether you do sort of an immersive, inclusive school route where they go to the public school where you're yeah. located, or do you go to a special needs kind of school that is that is outside of that district? And we chose to go to the, the special, you know, the out-of-district private school um, route because we wanted him to have social experiences that we didn't really feel like he would have in a public school and not because kids didn't want to play with with him or engage with him, but it's just hard. It's really hard for kids. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do it's tough but everybody wants social interaction right everybody wants to be maybe not everybody but people want to be engaged and have friends and and we felt that was important for him too so
1: yeah yeah thank you i mean thank you so much for for sharing all of that and and yeah i love i love what you said at the end there too because i i do think you know uh, i i have a, a couple cousins with with some special needs um and they are actually in the uh traditional public school system they're a lot younger younger than I am and it is kind of interesting like it's it's actually encouraging I think uh from when the time I was in, in elementary school to see like kids do seem to have generally a, a better awareness of like hey you know everyone's a little bit different and that's okay mm-hmm. and you still need to love and include everyone right as yeah. opposed to yeah. I remember you know that that was not the case uh when mm-hmm. I was in elementary school so shout out to all the parents and folks that have done the work to try to you know, ha- make this a little bit more yeah. of a welcoming environment. Um, but that said, it is, it is very hard socially. Um, and so they have like after school programs that they'll go to um, where, where, and all of their best friends are, are from those, from those uh, school care programs. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's such a, such a kind of like beautiful, kind of like powerful, powerful story. Uh, what I'm, I'm curious, what is like Morty interested in right now? Like what are, yeah. what are a couple of the, like the things that like hold his attention?
0: So he loves sports and, um, Red Sox and Celtics are okay. rid of him. And I think part of that might be that they have so many games that there's something to track, right? Ah. So who won? Let me give the sports report. Who had the most points and all of that kind of thing. So I think you know, there's a piece of that, but he does like that. And he, the sports thing transitions also, his school has a great adaptive sports program. So they do, they do soccer in the fall, they have basketball in the winter and they do uh, baseball in the summer. And those are, it's, It's amazing, right? They're not any in many ways. They are not like your typical, you know, middle schooler sports game. But it also is very similar in that the kids are wanting to have fun and they're learning and they're, you know, they're part of they're part of this team and this group. And um, I think it's also uh, great for the families as well because that is our community too.
1: Ah, yeah.
0: So many of our friends are from. Are from the school. Uh, you know, we do like anyone else would. After a game, we go out with friends. We go and get, you know, to Panera and get get lunch. And you know, it's we've just been able to develop great friendships, and um, and it's it's really meaningful, not just for him, but for the families, and the whole special needs network. If you're not in it, you might not know (laughs) much about it, but you like I know parents from all over the metro area and, you know, everyone knows each other's doctors and, you know, go to this person because they're good for that. And um, yeah, so. So, yeah, he. Uh, I feel like having him in my life has brought so many great people hmm. into my life as well. Like they're here because of him and it it's enriched my life in, wow. in many ways.
1: Ah, oh, wow. That's, that's very, very moving. Um, <laughs> I, I, w- one of the, one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you beyond just, you know, being moved by, by your story, Tiffany is you guys are doing something really cool with, with Havarti House and you're Mm -hmm. specifically building it from the ground up um, Mm -hmm. in an accessible format. And I know that like, that that word right means a lot of different things to to a lot of different people um and you know i'd I'd love for you to sort of like unpack a little bit about like what what that means in your all's Mm -hmm. context um and i'd love to as far as i'm aware this isn't something that vacation rentals uh vacation rental builders and designers are are typically optimizing for and or and or you know targeting is is families who uh who have a a child or a family member with with disabilities So, can you talk to us a little bit about how you're thinking about the design and the build, and and some things that you might be doing differently in light of who you know you're you're primarily designing the home for?
0: Yeah. So, uh, and you're right. There are very few. It, it's difficult to find. It's not impossible, but it's difficult to find places that can be accessible. And I mean, you know, this is the same with you know, just regular your regular houses where everyone lives. People always say, oh, you know, we're so sorry. There's stairs. It's not very accessible. But, you know, we're kind of make it happen, people. And, you know, if we need to get up some stairs, we'll we'll find a way to get up some stairs. But um, I am when I do look for Airbnbs, that's the first thing that I look for. How how can i get into the house is it easy to get in or is it not easy to get in so if somebody's if somebody's thinking about what they want to put on their airbnb you know the picture roll that you have having a an image of what it looks like to get into the house is really important so i uh, know that's just a little my I love little it. plug for that <laughs> no that's
1: great that's 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 a really 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 good tip and and probably something that not a lot of people think about so uh, i'm right. glad that you shared that
0: that's right And then, so what, what I've tried to do is think about, um, everything that you want to do, right. You want to be able to get into the house. You want to be able to get around the house. You want to be able to eat. You want to be able to hang out. You want to be able to go to the bathroom and you want to be able to go to bed, Mm. right. You want to be able to do all those things that other people are doing, you know, regularly that, um, that it's easy for no matter what the layout is, but um, so if I just kind of take it piece by piece, yeah. So you know, getting to the house for us, um, we have uh, our our car has been converted to have a ramp in the back okay. to, to easily get the wheelchair in. But as a result of that, you can't have four wheel drive or all wheel drive. So. Uh. So we either have to take chains with us if we're going to like a mountain house or try to find some place that is a fairly level entrance or easy to get to. so so that that's an important piece. And then also a parking pad. So most of the driveway that we'll be using is gravel, right because that's a little more cost effective. but to actually park and get into the house, we needed to have a something a little more, A little more sturdy, something easier to roll across. Yeah. And and then easy to roll into the house. So there's, you know, minimal threshold to get into the house. So that's the first part, right?
1: And now we're in. (laughs) Um, Now we're in the house. Now we're in. Now (laughs) you're
0: in the house. And you have to get around the house. So the width of the doors is very important. Mm. You want to, you know, we can get through 30 inch doors and we can kind of shove ourselves through doors that are a little bit smaller than that but it just is easier if you have 36 inch doors and um hallways wide open hallways i think you know i don't know what ada is and and maybe this is something i should say too is that we're not necessarily ada we're just trying to optimize for ourselves yeah um And then you, for wheelchairs also, you want to have a space where you can completely turn a wheelchair around they sort of call that the wheelchair radius. So we've, we've designed several different places throughout the house for that. And, you know, with those wide hallways and the wheelchair radius, it kind of balloons the square footage a little bit. So that's something we've also had to deal with. We kind of want this, you know, like a cozy cabin, but you can't necessarily have it completely like that. Yeah. You need the extra space, and uh, yeah. So there, you're moving around, and then um, if you want to eat, so the table. And this is this is one thing that's fairly easy to do if you're buying new furniture. Is if you'll notice on a lot of tables, there's the tabletop. And then underneath that is often an apron.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yeah, so like a lip. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that apron is just a place for someone in a wheelchair to knock their knees. Uh, and uh, so we've chosen to. And there's a lot of a lot of nice modern tables out there now that are just the tabletop, and you don't have the apron. So one of the like simple things that that we've tried to do and think about. Um, And then let's see, what are you doing after you're eating? You're hanging out. Yeah, you're hanging out. You're hanging out. And um, so uh, our TV is the placement of our TV is kind of another key thing for us. So my son also has some vision impairment. Okay. And a TV that's more direct sight line for him is easier than having like a TV over a fireplace Uh, or something really high. Yeah, yeah. So another kind of simple thing that, um, you know, you could do and and would and would be impactful for someone. Um, Let's see. So you're hanging out. uh, You need to go to the bathroom. Mm. So this is this is a big one for accessibility. And um, you so and and this is where ADA comes in a lot. There's a lot of ADA help to kind of tell you what to do. We have a wall hung, well, we will have a wall hung sink that has clearance under it in in the one, you know, more accessible bathroom so that you can roll right under it. Um, we will put, we are going to put bars around the toilet and in the shower. We don't necessarily need those ourselves, but it's an easy add yeah. that, that could be impactful for someone else. Um, and then for us, a roll in shower is really important. So my son uses a chair for the shower, so it's just it's so slick and convenient when you don't have to go over, you know, like a threshold. Yeah, um, and it's kind of modern style too, yeah. <laughs> right? So it kind of fits, kind of fits, and um, stroll in there. Also, using a hand shower is also kind of a key because we're caregivers that will um, be working with him and, and showering him. Do you still see me? Because yeah, I yeah, yeah.
1: no, no, you're great. You're great. Yeah. Okay. Keep going.
0: <laughs> Hopefully I like
1: it. Yeah. You look great.
0: You're on my side. <laughs> um, so hand shower. Then another really easy one that people probably don't think about, yeah. but can also be impactful is a pivot mirror. So what is that? Um, it, it's a, so you have a mirror and it's hung Sort of in the middle on pivots, okay. So it can tilt forward or Ah, back. Okay. Yeah. So um, and those are also easy to find. You you can get those on you know like Pottery Barn and West Elm. They all have pivot pivot mirror options. But then if you tilt it forward, then it's much easier if you're shorter or if you're sitting in a chair to see more to see more in the mirror.
1: Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you are not in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder, that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. One, one of the things I, w- I was struck by when we were chatting briefly uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned that like a lot of the time when you you know walk into a, a quote-unquote accessible space, it it sort of it it can feel like a hospital, right? It can feel yeah. uh, it can feel sterile yeah. and like boring and like cold, right? Um, yeah. And and you you all have like really taken this to heart and and thought pretty intentionally about like okay, how do we how do we ensure that we're designing a space that is uh, you know first and foremost accessible, but also like fun and beautiful and engaging yeah. and, and you know not not hospital esque? Can you That's can you talk right. a little bit about about that?
0: Yeah, that's actually really important to me. And I think there's so many design decisions that you can make that are sort of imperceptible unless you know, unless you purposefully do it, right? It just makes your life easier. And you may or may not have heard of universal design, but that's kind of taking those ideas and and implementing them so that it's easy for everyone. And, um, you know, it could be something we talked about the the smallest threshold to get into a house right that's important for my son but if you know you're coming to a house with your luggage if you can just roll that into the house it's easy for you too right yeah so um and and to turn a knob on a door as opposed to a lever right so so it's 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 also age and place. Same kind of idea. What's hard for somebody in a wheelchair, it could end up being hard for someone who who gets older and starts having their own mobility and dexterity issues. Um, and but there's so many, there's so much design out there right now. And you think even just about like a minimalist design aesthetic, yeah. where you're you don't have a lot of stuff around because stuff can just become a barrier. So, so that's a really good, um, kind of style, uh, that, that I've taken to in this and, um, and, and, and it works at the same time. There's so many, there's so many products out there that, that are helpful and just small things like, um, like a toilet lever right mm. so instead of there's I, i'll have two different types of toilets in the house okay like one in the upstairs bedroom has like the push on the top to flush yeah but i have to make sure downstairs it has a lever because a lever is so much easier to 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 operate yeah. than, than a push button so um
1: what, what's so interesting about too everything that you're mentioning tiffany is is it seems like like these are like things that literally any anyone could do in in any home right and it 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 just it just requires like one additional you know step of 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 in the you know in in the thought process of okay hey let's do a quick little audit here is there anything about these decisions that we could do to make it a little bit more accessible for any guests that we might have right who might have mobility issues right or something like that right and and again everything that you just that you just rattled off at least you know to me right seems like very like relatively basic and and easy yes. to do right um and i think more often than not it's just not it's just not on you know the top of an individual's mm-hmm. mind when they're when they're creating a space and i love that these these examples that you gave because they're so specific and mm-hmm. they're they're so simple um yeah. and really it seems like anyone could be able you know could find a way to 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 make this work in their home
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: so yeah. i i also want to hear a little bit about how you all have decided because like he, he, what I would imagine. Right. Um, and again, as, as somebody who's not you know well versed in the disability community, um, you know, this is this is potentially naive of me uh, to say here, but, you know, quote unquote, uh, accessible vacation rentals. Right. The minute you 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 yeah, position yourself as such, you're going to get like a lot of people that are going to have strong opinions on what accessibility means to them, right? So yeah. uh, I'm curious, like how how have you wrestled with the decisions that you have made around? You know what we are going pri- to prioritize this uh, upstairs. We're you know n- not going to do this. We're going to do this instead. Like, can you just walk us through maybe an example or two of, of how you've thought about crafting a space that? that is, you know, as accessible as as you all need it to be and or and or maybe some decisions that you guys could have made that you decided not to make. Um yeah. just just so folks can kind of wrap their heads around, you know, what, right. what this means to you all.
0: Right. And we so we're where our perspective in this is as caretakers, right? We don't mm. have a disability ourselves. We, we care for someone who does have a disability. So our perspective and what the needs that we might have are probably different than someone who has a disability themselves, but is fairly independent and can do, do a lot of things. So um, I have struggled with this. And we talked a little bit about that before. Um, But I, I talked with a friend um, a while back, and she reminded me, she's like, first and foremost, this is your house, you have to make it work for you. And And then, you know, that's the priority, make it work for you. And then it will probably be good for a lot of other people. And um, so what, maybe an example of that, and we were, I'm going to be very careful to say we are not ADA, right? Yeah, you said that already. Yeah,
1: (laughs) said it twice now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want someone to come and say, oh, you're, you know, you didn't, you said you were this and you are not because, because there are some very like specific regulations to call yourself ada and we don't need all of those um but uh one example of um where we've made some trade-offs is in the kitchen Mm. right because we're caretakers our son is not making his own meals right so you could make a completely accessible kitchen where Mm. you can roll under the countertops Where do you place um, appliances in certain certain heights that are easier in a wheelchair? Uh, You have different uh, 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 countertop heights and things like that. There are definitely kitchen setups that you can do uh, that are out there. That does get a little bit more into the custom range. And that gets, you know, anytime you go custom, it's more money. And so we're also balancing budget in this this whole equation. So so our kitchen is not fully accessible, but we have tried to make some conscious decisions to be as accessible as we can and one example of that is putting the microwave in the base cabinets rather than, you know, like in the on the counter or yeah. you know a lot of people have microwaves above the stove. So yep. very consciously that that's in a location that someone in a chair could use we'll also be putting um dishes in a drawer in the base cabinet so another you know like make it make it easier right yeah. make it easier not fully accessible but make it easier and it works for us um and it's within our budget so
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like balance all of those things and it's it's tough sometimes but um but yeah that's that's uh that's what we you got to do yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you, you don't have unlimited resources. I love what mm-hmm. your friend said about like, hey, first and foremost, this is like you're doing this for you all, right? Like yeah. before you're doing it for anyone else, it's it's for your mm-hmm. family. Um, and then and that in and of itself will be a gift to so many other families because mm-hmm. just to the fact that you're even thinking about these these considerations, right? And that this this is informing the way that you're uh that that you're building and and designing. That in and of itself is is uh, leaps, you know, ahead of of sort of like the average the average build. Um, I, I want to know where, where did the name Havarti House come from? What's the story there?
0: So it's kind of a funny thing. Um, I so when we bought the property and I knew I was going to build something, I wanted to. I knew it had to be a fun name. But it has to <laughs> be fun. It has to be catchy, memorable, and I wanted it to fit the location and fit the feeling that I wanted people to get in the house. And you know, New Hampshire, you could get bears plaid um you could get uh easily birch right yep. the, the escape tree you could get owls and eagles and there's plenty of those so that didn't work and i want to have this i've tried sort of a scandinavian minimalist kind of thing but you know like you can't use huga because there's like five thousand 000 yeah. places <laughs> out there and um but And I don't want to completely give away our location, but the name of the street has references to cheese. Okay. And so I decided to just kind of lean into that. And so Havarti is a nod both to the location and the style of the house. And so that's where it comes from. I like it. And I've got a few little things that will be kind of fun to play on that, that, that cheese theme, but not be too like, cheesy,
1: right? But <laughs> <So. laughs> so uh, we'll
0: see, we'll, you'll see, right? That'll, that'll, those will be surprises for people.
1: No, I so. love it. I love the name. It's it's so different um, as opposed to, you know, Lux Cabin or, you know, Chic Cottage <laughs> or, or or one of those. Yeah. So Havarti House and instantly. Was, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, and it was really easy to find an Instagram handle and a <laughs> domain name.
1: <laughs> there so. you go. There you go. Yes, yes. I, the best of I both worlds
0: Maybe like a cheese shop in wisconsin that has a similar name and maybe that's it i don't know but
1: yeah um, I, I was gonna say I, I was wondering i was like oh like are they next to like a cheese factory i was like <laughs> is like havarti is there some sort of like connection between havarti <laughs> cheese in new hampshire i was like racking my brain like where did the name come from yeah. but um it, th- that, that's fantastic um, it also
0: has a little bit of alliteration right? it does yeah no, i know sure. it's
1: it's beautiful it's it's yeah. it's a fantastic as somebody who like loves branding and in in marketing and, and and whatnot i i <laughs> give, you know it has my full stamp of approval all
0: right
1: thank you last minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built pink. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. so on, on that note, you guys are well into your build, but Havarti House is not live yet. So when talk to us a little bit about kind of like where we're at and and when do you expect, you know, the build to, to be complete?
0: Yeah, so we have basement walls. So we have the foundation. There we go. And that's it right now, but we did we did go and uh to the build site uh yesterday and they were actually picking ice off of the foundation to put start putting decking on. So we're really excited. That's nice. the first wood on site and um uh, we also talked with the builder and he feels with the size of the place and his experience that He said summer. I'm not sure I fully believe it. So (laughs) I do believe we'll be in there before winter next year. So it's probably somewhere in there in that in that kind of range. And uh, so cross my fingers, we're open for foliage season. I know.
1: I know. Well, hey, I'm right there with you. I I, I, you know, the the cool thing is you're doing this great job of like you're on Instagram, your website, uh, now this podcast, like you're talking about Havarti house before anyone can actually stay. So hopefully you're building up all this like pent up demand so that yeah. uh, the minute, you know, you guys go live, you have a, you have a flood of initial bookings. Um,
0: so our architect actually is one of the instructors at the adaptive program that we go to. And that's kind of. Where we met him, and I told him that I was gonna do this. And he's like, Oh man, I better, I should get you a real rendering for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just get <a> it <laughs> I know, no. He's like, No distractions, no distractions. Stay the course, stay the course. <laughs>
0: no more money. I'm yeah, not gonna charge you
1: for this. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You get the rendering, and then you also get a bill, and you're like, What? No, this podcast wasn't worth that. You're like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, well, uh, my final question for you, Tiffany, is is you know, what's next? Like. Obviously, we're we're focused on getting Havarti House up and running, um, yeah. but has this has this experience in, inspired you and your husband uh, to to think uh, bigger? Would you do you desire to sort of like build a collection of you know accessible vacation rentals, or are we kind of one and done with Havarti House? Where, where's your head at with respect to to the future?
0: so our heads right now are deep in this build that we're doing right and and all of the money that's going out and all of the ups and downs and you know all the struggles that everyone you know goes through with the build but i won't deny that we haven't kind of played around with talking about it and seeing what we might want to do and um you know i I won't say that we will never do it, I, but I don't we don't currently have plans. Yeah. But I do see a real need and I also see a need at different price points. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is pretty it's pretty significant and it's going to reach um it's going to reach different people than someone who just needs, you know, an inexpensive place yeah. to stay when they go Uh, to ski. And so we've talked about if we did something more, it would probably be much smaller scale, less custom, but still thinking about some of these things that we've talked about and, you know, uh, zero entry in enough space and, you know, all the little things, but not, you know, not be fully custom. Yeah. Um, so but we'll see, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's that is very exciting. I will just I'll, I'll just echo this. Uh, I know that I, I I think I mentioned it um on this pod if not I chatted with you about this before but like this is this is a massive need. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's an underserved uh, community first and foremost but also just uh, in, in this era of, of differentiation when it comes to uh, mm-hmm. vacation rentals right it's it's kind of like the hot topic everyone's talking about it how do you develop unique stays unique stays you know still do well when when um, the economy tanks like how, how do folks think about sort of developing these these uh, memorable experiences um, and and you all have built a first and foremost a brand that I think is conducive mm-hmm. to that. Your personal story is obviously conducive to that, and so if you wanted to, I think that there's there's opportunity here. Um, but hey, maybe 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 there's somebody who's going to listen to this podcast who's going to reach out to you with a with a cool idea of being able to partner on on a project or or something like that in the future. But for now, let's just get this freaking house let's
0: just, built. Let's just get it built. Let's <laughs> just get it built. Yeah, uh, get some money coming in instead of just constantly just going out. out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, well, Tiffany, this has been an absolute pleasure i am so thankful for uh this opportunity to chat with you to hear a little bit about your story for folks that are tuning in that that want to uh reach out and and get to know you a little bit more and or you know want to want to follow uh havarti house what's what's the best way for them to do so
0: yeah instagram is the best way right now um havarti house it's h-a-u-s right and h-a-u-s yeah that's
1: as, as as uh as my brother would say the fancy spelling of house
0: uh, in right. <laughs> <laughs> the past yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's great and we'll have uh, your your website and Instagram uh, linked in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, just scroll on down to the show notes and you can connect with Tiffany by following them on Instagram. Tiffany, thank you so much for your time. Thank
0: you Zach.
1: Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.